Hello and welcome. Anyone who's been to Merchant City Yoga on a Sunday knows how much I love catching up with everyone over a cup of my freshly brewed spiced chai. These Sunday chai sessions really bring everyone together. A true celebration of friendship, community and connection. I want to try and capture some of that magic and share it with you at home. So I've invited some familiar faces from our MCY family to chat with me over a cuppa. I'm affectionately calling them the chai sessions. Pop the kettle on, get yourself comfy and come and join us. today to welcome and introduce you to Dan who's brought a new class to Merchant City Yoga so I thought what better opportunity than to get him on the sofa here Hi. in the studio and to have a bit of a chat and let us get to know him better so thank you very much for joining us. I Thanks for having me. My cuppa given that it's the chai session. Yeah. I know it's a bit hot today and Always you chose, you chose not yeah. to. <laughs> So Dan, I thought we'd just start by chatting about um, what what was it that got you started with yoga? What was it that brought you to yoga in yeah. the first place? Okay, cool. Um, I think like a lot of people, some kind of suffering. <laughs> um, Not to be overly <laughs> dramatic about it. Not to be overly dramatic, but it's like, yeah, something like that disrupts you and makes you start to ask questions about your life and what, what it's all about. I was 21 and I started attending therapy for the first time and um, my therapist introduced me to meditation like pretty quickly and um, yeah I felt some things began to shift and change in my life and I just felt this deep peace that I never felt before and suddenly the question of who am I and what am I about? I rose out of that. Um, yeah, there were some circumstances that changed in that kind of um, the dynamic where I wasn't able to afford continuing to go to therapy. And mm. because of what was happening in me, the woman that I was working with, she, she basically felt that it was outside of her integrity to just like leave me to it because I was really in the middle of a whole wow. process. Yeah. So we ended up having, having this kind of like, it was like Karate Kid. I would go and like literally she had this zen garden and be like you know paint the fence and like wash the car Amazing. and cut the hedges and then she'd teach me to meditate and we did reiki and things like that together um i think that went on for about a year and i think this was actually during the referendum time and oh, okay like i think you know politically so all the ideas about kind of political and cultural yeah shifts as well and then there's, there's that there's that question of freedom and i think at that point i found a christian Marty book where he talks about freedom and i think you know with things going the way it went and all this obsession over this idea of independence and mm. freedom um i was just started to begin accessing ideas from eastern philosophy in general um a whole range of different ideas about you know what is freedom and then somehow or other i found myself in a yoga class. I think I've only I've been to one yoga class and I had a bit of a sore back from lifting weights and I was like, oh I heard yoga's good for your back and you know. And then I think it was actually it was Eddie Stern. Um, okay, you cool. know that thing YouTube does where it just cycles through videos? I yes. think I was just a 
obsessively going down the rabbit hole with my new special interest, which was like anything spiritual, anything to do with yoga. And this thing came on, it was Deepak Chopra, Eddie Stern, and he was going out to support people, like youths who'd been incarcerated, going to hospitals. Yeah, he's doing, does some fantastic It's like absolutely mesmerising. And I had this huge epiphany, and I was like, I've never seen anybody that's, that's inspired me so deeply. And I was like, I want to be like him, I want to learn what he does, I want to practice what he practices, and then... I found this thing called Ashtanga Yoga. <laughs> and I think, you know, I've been exploring the idea of faith and something that had to do with meditation, something with philosophy, something to do with the body. And, you know, I spent some time, you know, cherry picking and looking around for different things. And I think when I found Ashtanga, I was like, oh my God, it's like someone's presented this whole thing. It's a whole system yeah. of like ethics and principles and breathing and meditation and movement and all that stuff together. And there's this kind of inquiry part to it. And, yeah, so it really suited me, and uh, I think in the following week I found myself in a Ashtanga yoga class um, with Jilly Walsh actually. Oh, Jilly yes, Walsh, yeah, yes. yeah, in Paisley, and I was just like, "Wow, tell me everything about yoga." She used to teach you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 God, I used to probably annoy the hell out of her with all my questions, yeah. but um, yeah, she actually encouraged me to go on a yoga teacher training, and I found myself at Yoga Joe's sometime after, and you just really went head first into it, and. Yeah, really made made that the centre of my life for a long time. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for being so honest mm. um, about that and, and for sharing that, first of all. Thank you also from me personally for referencing The Karate Kid, one of my <laughs> favourite movies. Me too. I love it so much. <laughs> it's like, it never gets old. Like, no, no, it yeah. really doesn't. Um, so many wonderful, wonderful lessons. It's so yeah, good. Anyway. I still get a bit teary even like I watch Cobra Kai and there's sometimes these scenes where you hear Mr. Miyagi's voice or you see a full Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I started to watch it and couldn't. Yeah. But okay. I couldn't carry yeah. on with Cobra Kai. Anyway, back to the, <laughs> back to the yeah. enough of the nostalgia, back to the chat. So what do you think the the most significant benefits of yoga are? Hmm. For me, like it's been a whole variety of different things. Um, dealing with physical pain, I have uh, an impingement in my hip. It's been helpful to learn different ways to move to alleviate pain. I, I used to, I used to really struggle with back pain all the time, like mm. really, really bad back pain. Um, and then it's changed in different ways over the years. Like, you know, at one point, I was really in this um, in the intellectual and philosophical sort of devotional aspect of it. But the more I've the more I've sort of ventured through different parts of the practice and stuff, at the moment, for me the most important and biggest benefit I think is to be able to self-regulate, to to be able to regulate my nervous system under stress. And yeah. like I think there are times I meet people from the pre-yoga days or whatever and they're like what happened? You're so chilled out, you're so calm, and it's like, it's not like, you know, I'm not always like that. No. I can be quite rowdy, as you know, but it's yeah. like, um, I definitely, I don't I don't go to those places anymore. It's just like, I, I've got these tools that help me to keep myself calm and centred mm-hmm. and at peace, and like, yeah, you know, shit happens. Life is chaotic and crazy, and it's like... It surely is. It's absolutely relentless sometimes, and mm-hmm. I think... 
you know, it's not about the postures, man. It's really not. Like, there's times, I mean, I was in my store with you last night and I was like, by the way, can I just say I love my modified ashtanga practice like i don't care yeah. i'm not here for all it's that a guilty like, secret isn't it it's like <laughs> how to adapt it I, I remember i used to push and push and push and push and i was in a rush to try and be like oh i need to do all these postures and then upon returning to that practice having that thing it's like in my mind like i used to be able to do intermediate i used to be able to do second series i was i was doing all these pretzel things and then actually like see once i got over that kind of almost grieving it a little bit i'm, I'm in this place of like Today I will do half primary. I'll even skip vinyasas. Then I'll do some pranayama and lie down. I feel amazing. <laughs> Who's here to police that experience? Nobody. It's yeah, just, it feels great. And that's exactly it. Because the practice should nourish you and give mm. you joy or whatever it is. You shouldn't feel less afterwards. But I think it's a lesson that we all have to learn ourselves, don't yeah. we? Like we all come to to something like a practice like Ashtanga, which is strong and it's dynamic and it's really impressive as mm. well. Some of the postures, you know, to watch yeah. them being done, really, really impressive. And like, we want to be able to do that and we want, and we think it's about the more, mm. but then I think you have to be practicing for a while to realize it's about the less, yeah, not the more. And, and it seems to be that, that that's something we all need to, to figure out for ourselves. Somebody can tell you, Mm. But until you figure it out, I was told hundreds for yourself. of times. Oh yes, <laughs> like, we always slow are. down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, people were always saying to me like grounding. I was like, "What's that? What does grounding mean?" Yeah, what does mean? that mean? <laughs> it's just like, shut up. I'll do what I want. <laughs> but throwing myself around the place, legs behind my head. It's like, see you now. It's just like it's the last thing I want to do. I'm like, I'm not. I'm just not yeah. interested. But it's like you know, I was practicing this morning. I was thinking, you know, if it gets to a place sometime soon where I'm ready for that again, cool. But you know, with working with this hip impingement, it's like if I don't do Titi Bastion or whatever, I'm like, whatever, man. Like this is here to nourish yeah. me. And if it's not like doing that, then you know. Absolutely. So what was it then that inspired you to become a yoga teacher? Yoga teacher. Um yeah, I think that decision was made very, very quickly. Um I think there was something about definitely Eddie Stern and that whole video series uh, Urban Yogis it's called yes. watching how he went out into the community it was just like wow that's really such a way to live and you're really living for the benefit of other people and things like that and I think prior to finding yoga I was desperate to find a thing I was in my early 20s and I was like I was in recovery and I was trying to maybe form a new way of living even a new identity to release how things had been for a while and I was like how can I find a meaningful way of living in the world where I'm actually in service in a way that doesn't totally deplete me and like I'm quite happy you know they talk about it sometimes like you see it this idea of like um something you're passionate about something that you're fairly competent at and something that's really beneficial to other people and so for a while I was doing things like you know I was a fitness instructor and I was trying a couple of different things and then when I was working in the gym I realized it was never about fitness I was at the squat rack and we were having these really spiritual conversations or philosophical debates about really interesting things and I was like yeah people aren't really always they're not always coming for squats sometimes they're coming no. for something else yeah and I think really it's how I felt in yoga classes I was like man I want to create space to share that feeling with other people and it's that thing actually, I was, I was listening to uh, Radhanath Swami and um, Russell Simmons talking about, about this kind of path of yoga and 
in one way it was interesting because like in, in those teachings they have this idea that there is just this trajectory that people go on and in that way mm. that you know all self self mythologizing aside it's just like it's kind of how it is you get this like higher taste of something and we call that ruchi and then you're kind of like oh you're so enamored by having that taste of this new experience and then you get the compassion that they call it karuna and you're like you feel that other people want to have maybe you would benefit from that you want mm. to share it and you're like hey like if you tried this like this is really really good like have a go try it and then and then you went to save a service so it just felt like a natural evolution in one way and i was like there's there's nothing else that i can imagine doing with my life is like studying and practicing and devoting myself to yoga and trying to share it with people and finding ways that i can be out in community and you know working with people in recovery and working with you know all sorts of different groups and just mm-hmm. yeah like taking those tools that i'm benefiting from immensely and finding a way to bring them into the lives of people who maybe ordinarily wouldn't try it you know and to have discovered all of that and to have had the the wherewithal to realize and act on all of that as well at a relatively young age (laughs) as well yeah it wasn't easy i'm impressed it took me a lot longer (laughs) yeah it's not been a straight path you know it's like um, God damn it, Dan! You mean yoga's not linear? It's not. I know it's not, but it's like damn. sometimes people like when I'm working in recovery, or whatever. There's sometimes this idea of like, oh, you know, how long have you been sober or whatever? And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, there's been plenty of times over the years where either I've went back into problematic substance use, or I've just chosen to like, you know, be like, actually, I'm just gonna drink just now, and I'm just gonna see what that's like. And um, it's this idea of like, you know. Um, that's been my experience and um that, that that you're kind of you're on that path and you you, you sway to the left and you bash yourself and you sway mm. to the right and you bash yourself and eventually you're forced to just walk straight and it's like <laughs> you know i don't know if i'm walking straight yet but it's like you know it's i feel that i'm really you know looking at yoga as this like remedial thing rather than some sort of like superficial luxury yeah i'm so happy that i have something that i did spend that time really diving deep into because you know I feel like I have something that feels like uh, like an emotional home and ethical centre and like a way that I'm aspiring to be in my life and you know there's, there's people I know it's almost like they're just effortlessly in that place they're just like really chill really kind really thoughtful they don't seem to have a quick temper and they just, just seem to be... so annoying yeah <laughs> and they're like so positive and I'm like whoa I have to work so hard to try and be there um, so yeah I don't know it's like I'm 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 happy that I, I did really devote that time and, and it's like, you know, it's it's that thing and finding what what feels like centre for you, what feels like that kind of place that you that feels like home for you. So, you know, I don't have the most consistent devoted practice all the time, but I come back to it again and again and again because the way it makes me feel, um, it really raises me up and inspires me to try and be a better human and, and be less about myself and mm. try and I don't know like do some good in the community a little bit you know it's yeah, and help yeah. support people I love yeah. the analogy about bouncing between walls I've done that plenty <laughs> in my life it's like oh there's a bus stop yeah. oh, oh there's a bin yeah. <laughs> you know and it's that but thing it is, it's the balance isn't it you can't find balance without going out of balance yeah. so it, it talks to that analogy yeah, oh, I mean, on that, you know, the question of like freedom, that whole idea of like freedom. Um, <laughs> the, so, Mel Gi- the Mel Gibson freedom. 
I'm going to really try hard to not talk about Braveheart. Like, um, you know, I, I quote that film so much. My friends got me a Braveheart script signed by Mel Gibson for my no. 30th birthday. Were, and you, were you being ironic or genuine? Look, I mean, see, there's a whole list of problems with that film. I'm acutely aware of how terrible it is. I agree with every critique of that film and I still love it. It's like so ingrained in my psyche from being a child and just watching it that much. And there's a lot of humour in it, you know, it's like... But anyway, all that aside, you know, that thing about freedom is... Um, oh, I've lost myself where I was going to go with that, but it's that... Oh, one of the things I'm learning, right, and I've been thinking about this quite a bit recently, and um, actually I'm reading Eddie Stern's book just now, The Lovely. One, one Simple, simple thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. And he, he nails it. He talks about this idea of um, most of the time what we think freedom is actually just then lends itself to like hedonism. It's mm-hmm. like unlimited, I'll do what I want, when I want, where I want, there's no consequences, there's no limitations. And it's like, okay, you can try that. Maybe you're not mature enough to, to, to walk that path and like really, really hold your integrity whilst being so untamed. Yeah, it might you be know, fun for a while. Yeah, but yeah. like life, life shows up and like really puts you in your place. Sometimes it goes, hey man, you, you're actually only human. There's other people. Yeah. There's restrictions, there's, there's yeah. the, and then so I've, I've been thinking about this idea of, um, I first I first heard about it in a chess book, it's this idea of a, a positive freedom, um, and it's the idea that is really quite aligned with a lot of the yogic thought, is that you actually attain a deeper kind of freedom through discipline, through restriction, yeah, through yeah, having yeah. these regulative principles or whatever, and that might sound boring or terrifying for some people. But what I'm finding, especially, you know, we talked about like neurodiversity and stuff like that. I, I had a diagnosis of ADHD. And I think that, you know, going back to the question of like, why is the practice so important to me? What's one of the biggest benefits is like the the idea of those limitations actually support me to feel immensely free. And yeah. it's the freedom to be me. And yeah. it's the freedom to, you know if I choose to abstain from certain things or whatever and, and, and I choose to regulate my, and this important point is choice. Like I actually could choose my limitations. Yes. Which isn't always easy to trust your own discernment, but like to, to choose limitations that feel realistic, achievable, not too heavy on yourself and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But the, I, what I'm finding the more I deepen into that idea of like actually placing boundaries on some things and restrictions on some things and limiting some things helps me to achieve more, uh, it kind of liberates me from things where, you know, it can be a slippery slope into places yeah. you want to be. Um, or even, you know, musically, we talk about that in uni quite a lot, this idea that, you know, if someone gives you a brief and says, here's three ingredients, compose a piece of music by next Friday, you're like, oofed, and you do it. And it's like, yeah. how far can you take that yes. with these boundaries? Yes. So I'm appreciating that about yoga just now. Rather really than appreciating just being able that to do lot. anything every yeah. day all the time yeah. yeah and I'm guilty of being someone who because of that there's that novelty driven mind and mm-hmm. that special yeah. interest and that idea that you know attention deficit disorder I often don't like the term I, someone else said this I don't know if it was Gabor Mate probably was someone could have been anybody really but sorry I can't reference the person but it's like it, it, it's probably more appropriate to say like attention regulation disorder because I've got so much attention. Yes. Like I, I can hyper focus on a million things and there, there's things that I'm able to do where I go into deep places with my mind, but it's about regulating it and sustaining that attention over a prolonged period of time. Yeah, and choosing where to put it as yeah. well. I really like that. Yeah. 
like choosing the object to focus and actually being able to sustain prolonged attention on it, which is why yoga is immensely powerful uh-huh. for that. And it can be really challenging as well. For, so challenging. Yeah. Especially when you yeah. get to like, you know, you find that you're like, well, with the, with the Ashtanga sequence, like you get to, you get to Navasana and there's that moment you're like, oh shit, I have to do all these mad flying pretzel things and oh God. And like, that's always the moment where I just like, I check out a little bit. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. I need to do a bit of encouragement, just like, right, what just was happening, what are you doing yeah. here? Like, yeah. Just stay with it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so I want to maybe take a few minutes to chat about your class. Like I said, yeah, at the beginning, sharing a new class here mm-hmm. at the studio. So I was wondering what, or from your point of view, what are the main ingredients or components for your class, for your mm. class? Okay, yes. Yeah, so and, and why? Yoga Nidra is one of the main events in it. Um, a lot of people find this quite unorthodox or unconventional, but we actually start the class with Yoga Nidra. Nice. People always expect that to be at the end. Nice. And uh, the teacher that I had the most contact time with doing Yoga Nidra, um, Shora Hall, um, we had a, a whole lot of contact time doing that, like went quite deep into Yoga Nidra. And her idea was really that, you know, if you're using that to bring people really deeply into their body, then moving, it's like a different kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And I just had some really amazing experiences doing that. And now it just makes perfect sense to me to do it that way. It's I love doing that. And it might mean that the sequence is... I don't feel obliged to sort of, you know, do really fancy, impressive things with sequencing. It's like, it's all about subtlety and sensitivity and mm. like slow movement and even repetitive movement and, and watching the response of your mind and maybe the mind's tendency to either um, fly away somewhere else or, or, or like, how do you respond to repetition? You know, is it that, um, are, is the mind addicted to novelty? For example, what's the next posture? What's the next one? What's the next one? Like, what if you do something really simple, but then you come into a place of like sort of appreciation and reverence for like just how amazing it is that your body's doing that really cool thing. You're like, oh, there's all these things moving and things switching on and things moving in different yeah, it's ways. Miraculous. It's like you're you doing yoga nidra. Yeah. You're like, you know, right brain, left brain, blah blah blah, and you're in this place and you're like connecting with your breath and you go okay, here's the beginning of the movement. Now the movement's happening, you know? So sequencing-wise, I'm not doing anything really fancy. Um, it is that thing of like deep listening, deep feeling, um, and just, you know, taking it really slowly. There's sometimes a bit of pranayama in there, you know, maybe we'll do that at the end of the practice. Sometimes maybe end with a short kind of sitting practice after Shavasana. Um, but yeah, that's that's it really. It's like it's really like as far, like for me, it's as far the opposite way from Ashtanga as I can maybe imagine. Um, in terms of the experience I had from years of practicing that, it's like this totally other thing of, I don't know. It kind of feels like lie down, give yourself a cuddle, and yeah, I could maybe relax. argue that that might go full circle though. Maybe yeah. And bring that back to the Ashtanga practice, but that might be a whole other. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Very biased from my point of view, conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, sometimes we take it, the the way I'm teaching just now is sometimes we do take it into like a a standing sequence or, but again, it's um, using familiar, like repetitive forms that we find in any popular yoga class, but done with repetition, really slow pace 
and then and then maybe longer holds. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a thing that you know I was really inspired by Nikki Myers from Y Twelve SR. That's one of the things that she's really into. Right. Um, and and she was speaking about the way those movement patterns work on the body and the brain, and it's really quite interesting. Mm-hmm. And then the long holds, it's like you're really working with the psychology as well. And yeah. I just found that really interesting. But then normally what we'll do is there may be a, a series of movements and stuff like that, and then coming back into a still position to to then go back to this idea of regulation and breathing and and just always bringing it back to that and. Because from experience, that's actually what I really benefit from. Yes. Is I can sit there and do all these kind of weird and wonderful postures and then my mind flies away somewhere. But if I'm invited to be like, hit pause, feel your body in space, there's lots of sensory cues like that, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, just being present with your breath. It's, it, you know, it brings you back on starting again regularly with that pause and then moving. Lovely. Then I love again. the idea of starting with Nidra, sort of turning <laughs> what might what might be called kind of modern thinking on its head mm. a little bit. I do suspect I might struggle to get up after yoga. <laughs> That's why I do mine yeah. at the end. It's just like, let's get the moving done <laughs> so yeah. that I can just lie down and relax. But I can really see how that would completely change your experience of a movement based mm. practice that like completely mm-hmm. different and completely change the focus as well. Thank you very much. So... Yeah. Going to wrap up and let you go. Cool, cool. Back out yeah. into this beautiful sunshiny weather. <laughs> but maybe one last question yes. uh, comes to mind. And that is, what's one thing that you think might surprise people about you? About me? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Actually, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is that I'm actually quite shy. Because, <laughs> like, people always think I'm really confident and, like, really chatty and whatever. And, like, but... Yeah, I'm actually quite shy. Um, I, I usually say that I'm like, you know, when you see a duck on the water, it's yeah, like they're yeah. there on the water, but then underneath their legs are going like mad. <laughs> so I don't know. I think that often surprises people because, you know, friends over the years or people have been in different communities with and things like that, you know, I may reveal things about myself once in a while and they go, what? Shut up, mm. really? Because they just think I'm, I don't know, effortlessly calm and... I don't know, confident or whatever, but it's Out there, usually yeah. not the yeah. case. I'm actually quite yeah. shy. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's cool, isn't it? We all have many different sides. Thank yeah. you so much Thank you. for taking I the time it. out nice to chat today. Maybe next time we will have a, a, chat. a proper cuppa. This is grand. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> I almost think I want to do like a Brave Park quote now. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed our chat. If you've got any questions, you can email me or find us on social media. I'll see you here next time.